You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r-e-i-d.com Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And uh, Greg and I both are now seasoned broadcasters, broadcast veterans. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Last night, last night we actually called the, uh, the Braves scrimmage over on the Braves YouTube and Facebook uh, pages and I don't know how well we did. All I know is we didn't do anything dumb enough to get fired, so I will chalk it up as a success. Uh, but we figured in the wake of that, we better get an actual professional broadcaster on with us today to teach us some things about how you should be. And that's why we got uh, Kelly Kroll from Fox Sports South. She was, She's a joy, isn't she, Greg? Yeah, and that was great timing on your part because we need to probably uh, – and you know what? We didn't get enough into tips from her on – really what to do but hopefully just by having her on we're able to some of it maybe will rub off on us for uh to, so we have one more game and uh i guess if we get asked back i don't know if we'll have any scrimmages uh ever again but uh but it is interesting to see what that is like to be up there and to be able to be in charge of letting fans know exactly what's going on that's not an easy thing but it was great to have kelly on she's got a lot of energy She's going to do a great job for us uh, this year. I look forward to hearing more and what she brings to the table um, during the season. Yeah, she's – and we, we touch on this in the interview with her. It's it's never easy in a normal circumstance or a normal setting. It is, it's just not easy to move and to – especially if you're moving halfway across the country or to a new state and – and, you know, it's great if you're moving for your career and you're getting a new job. That's exciting. But that still doesn't mean that the moving part and the leaving friends and family back at the place where you, you're moving from, that part is hard. You throw in, okay, I'm getting ready to move to take this new job after being with the Cubs for five, six years. Oh, wait, there's there's now a pandemic and now we're all in quarantine. Now we don't know what's going to happen with the baseball season. Oh, wait, you still got to move and – but then what is the role going to be like? What's the season going to be like? Is there, I mean, what's 
all these different things. This is this is about not been an easy few months, mm. I don't think, for for her to go through. And yet, and this was our first time talking with her. And yet, and we're we're conducting this over Zoom as we have for for the last few months. And yet, she was just smiling and so positive and so upbeat throughout the entire time. Uh, I cannot wait to have her on the Fox Sports South broadcast. However. And however it's going to look this year, you know, I don't know. We'll sh- I don't know if reporters will be, ever be allowed on the field at all this season. Um, so whatever her capacity, whatever the capacity they're going to have her in, wherever they're going to have her at the ballpark, she's going to be a great addition to to our broadcast this season. Yeah, I agree. I I really um, have I don't know much about her from the standpoint before this interview. Watching her with a Cubs or anything like that, obviously we've got enough on our hands. We want to follow the Braves, but uh, I do know that she is a veteran, that she's been in multiple uh, sports with, um, like she talked about, you know, some of the things with racing and then NBA and, and baseball. So she has a, a, a wealth of knowledge, and, and I, I'm sure, sure she's going to do just a great job for us. But, hey, if uh, she could be, you know, she might be roaming around the battery, doing some things for the Braves, as well as, you know, doing the thing for the season. She's hosted all kinds of different shows. So I look forward, you know, for big things for, from her and, and how the, uh, the broadcast is going to use her. I think she's going to do a great job and fit right in with Birdie and, and uh, BJ and all those guys. Uh, and, and obviously with Chip and, and uh, Glab and Frenchie in the booth. So I look forward to see that chemistry the dynamic of how she she fits in with this team, but I think you're, you'll enjoy her interview and get to know her a little bit, and, and look forward to to hearing more from her. Absolutely, and the, you know the purpose with with us having her on is we want to introduce her to not just ourselves, but to Braves country and get to know who your new reporter is on Fox Sports South and your new host. And this is somebody who has covered a Super Bowl, a national championship with Oklahoma. She's gone to the, she's covered the NBA Finals with the Oklahoma City Thunder. She's covered a World Series with the Chicago Cubs. This is this is a this is a seasoned veteran who knows her stuff and has a as you just said a wealth of experience and a wealth of knowledge. So nothing but great things can come from her. I think this year on our broadcast and above all that, great uh, just a great ball of positive energy. So tell you what, without further ado, why don't we just introduce you to her right now? Here she is, Fox Sports South reporter Kelly Kroll. Well, hey, Kelly, welcome to Behind the Braves. Appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, nice to meet you, and it's kind of person. Yeah, absolutely, right? That's what we do. E-meet, e- e- is that what we can call it? Electric yeah, that's right. Singer. Isn't that the, the cool phrase to use these days? It is so nice to be on here with you guys, and just great to be down here finally settled in Atlanta and, and ready to get rolling for real. Well, this has been a big move for you. I mean, I know you're you're a veteran, in kind of the sports industry. I mean, just looking back over your career and all the different things you've done with the NBA, with the Padres, and with uh, recently the Cubs. Um, I know it's never easy to move. I switched teams when I was a player, and and as much as you kind of expect that that's part of the job, it's always still difficult when it happens. So uh, how's it been for you kind of getting settled in and getting prepared for the season? Yeah, well, I think anyone can agree with us that change is, is 
challenging. It can be difficult no matter if you're prepared for it or not really expecting it. And, and for me, I was prepared for it. I was um, ready to move to warmer climates after six winters in Chicago. <laughs> and so I was so thrilled when I got to talk with these guys down here at Fox South and uh, get an idea of what that role would look like, which um, moving into more hosting was a really big thing for me. And I'll get the opportunity. I, I was, if this had been a normal season, going to get the opportunity to honestly split time on the hosting desk as well as out in the field. And so I was thrilled to be doing that, especially with a team like this one that is so exciting and so many um, great storylines surrounding them. I know a little bit about their front office as well and just the reputations of those guys. I, I just couldn't be more excited about coming down here um, and, and getting involved with this organization as well as all the other things they brought to the table, which was college football and possibly getting, like you mentioned, I have some NBA background. I would love to be doing some of that as well. And, and um, in the Chicago area at the moment, uh, college football isn't, <laughs> isn't that great. So there wasn't a whole lot of coverage. So that was certainly really appealing. But um, I think we, we are used to living out of suitcases. So here in the early weeks of trying to get settled, I feel like that's what I'm doing, living out of a lot of suitcases while I wait on furniture to still arrive and, you know, all the, all the rest of those things to really feeling settled. But um, yeah, just I can't put into words how thrilled I am to be down here and just getting rolling. But beyond the moving, you add the layer of a pandemic as well. And it, it was a lot. Truthfully, it was it was pretty emotional because I just felt really unsettled for a long extended period of time. I think you expect it for a little bit, but when it starts turning into four months, five months, and you're like, wow, it's almost been half a year. And I haven't really started this new job yet. <laughs> and so, and then when you are starting it, it's so different. I mean, it's one thing to, yeah, have different guys to be talking about a, a different club, but I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about the differences of, of how this whole season's going to look, right? I mean, we're not down there in the clubhouse. We're not, I'm not really getting to know guys like I normally would because I'm talking to them like I am with you guys through a computer, trying to get to know, know guys like that. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot different in so many different aspects, but um, I try to embrace it because really I'm, I just think we're all lucky to be and fortunate to be in this line of work. And one way or another, if they can get out there on the field, we'll find a way to have a good time this season. I know it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking like when I, I moved from where I'm from in Virginia to Atlanta for this job uh, five years ago and and I'm very much a homebody and my whole family's there. And I was lucky in that I moved down in the middle of the season. And it was like, from the second I got here, it was seven days on, working all day, every day, exploring the city. Like, I didn't have time to even think about anything else, missing family, not being settled, living out of a suitcase. Like, it was just full on going. And I'm thinking about, like, gosh, in putting myself in your shoes, trying to move and then amidst the circumstances the last few months it's just like I can't even imagine thank goodness baseball is actually finally here exactly I mean I've had way too much to be spending money on this apartment like money that I don't have coming in yet either like let's keep that in mind right but I've, I've, I've had too much time on my hands trying to put this place together I really do need to go back to work but you're right it, it's um it's so bizarre to wake up this time of year for us in July 
and not just start that routine that we're so used to doing, whatever that routine is, you know, wake up for me, it's grab coffee, start reading all the headlines and kind of get my mind in the right space. Then maybe go get a workout in, come back, start to get ready for the game. And it's like, I hate to say I'm a little lost, but I, I think at times I feel that way. And I'm probably not the only one going through that. I think about all the people that are home right now that usually are sending their kids off to daycare or school, and instead they're trying to homeschool them or something to that degree. I, I think we're all just trying to manage a little bit differently what we're calling this new normal. But for me, once games do get started, I'm with you. I, I won't have time to, cause yeah, there's always an element of being a little homesick for me after, um, I had closed up my place in Chicago in February, thinking I was moving right down here, and that didn't happen. Um, I actually went home to the Indian, or I went to the Indianapolis area, which is where I grew up, and I was sort of helping my family along. My mom and dad live in that area, and my brother. And so, yeah, I, I kind of got used to living literally with the family again under the same roof, and um, to then come down here and and try to get settled but to not have work yet yeah you get a little homesick you you start thinking well how am I gonna fill my time here and and so I'll be very very glad when baseball those games really start going and you know we got 20 in a row so I should be plenty busy right right (laughs) (laughs) well talking about Indiana I mean let's let's start there, what, what are some of your earliest sports memories and what got you? People who listen to Behind the Braves know about Greg and I pretty well now and our backgrounds and all the stuff that fired us up as kids and still fires us up as sports fans now. But what, what kind of got you started in sports? So um, I think fans will enjoy this, at least Frenchie did. Jeff Francoeur really loved this story. So first and foremost, I come from a family of a lot of athletes, really, um, very athletic, mom, dad, grandma, grandparents. And, and so right away, I was put in sports at a very young age. But my dad, who actually played, he played tennis in college, but also became a professional bowler. And then my grandparents, his mom and dad, built a bowling alley in like the 50s. And he then took it over. And so my dad still owns like the bowling alley in a little small town in Indiana, which Frenchie just was dying that if we got to Cincinnati this year, that's about two hours. It's actually slightly closer than Chicago. We had this whole idea of like us all loading up into a van and like driving to the bowling alley, shooting some features, which let's hope maybe we get to do that still at some point. Cause I can't wait to kick his butt on the ball. Cause he thinks he's going to, you know, win everything, right? Like the guy, sure. thinks, and I get it. I get it. He's yeah, probably pretty still pretty good athlete. Right. But, um, so the bowling alley, the bowling thing is kind of funny. I think people enjoy that. It's a little different. Um, growing up in one of those. So I'm a pretty decent bowler. Not going to lie. If you guys need a a ringer, call me up. I'm there. Um, And then everything else was just, my parents put me in everything. And I'm so grateful they did because first of all, I enjoyed so many different things. And then you also kind of, you know, the sport usually picks you and that's what uh, tennis did for me, even though my number one love, as you guys can imagine, growing up in Indiana was basketball. I, everyone had to play basketball, just like, I feel like down here, everyone has to play football. That's kind of just the thing. It's um, part of the culture. And when I was growing up, that was when the Pacers were really good. That's Reggie Miller and Rick Smith, uh, Mark Jackson, Antonio Davis and Dale Davis. That was the team. I loved those guys. We had season tickets. So 
the Reggie Miller choking, all that, that all those playoff games were what really, I think when you say, what was it that fired you up and really got you, I mean, I was sold at that point, absolutely sold. And then it was, I think, a little bit later, I want to say late high school, maybe early college, that the Colts really came on. And, of course, Peyton Manning, they won the Super Bowl that year. And um, I can't even remember if that was 2006, maybe, or seven. Um, I really gave it to Chicago fans all the time that, you know, being a Colts fan and they beat the bears for that. It was, um, so yeah, those, those teams, I think about all of, all of them and, um, they all certainly played a role along with just my dad and, and my mom, uh, pushing me to, you know, get outside my comfort zone a little bit. And as I'm sure you guys have talked about before, I think athletics, especially as a child just can, um, implement so many great characteristics, everything from time management to um, just working hard and, and work ethic and all of those things. So I contribute a lot of what I am able to do today because of the skills that were, I guess, put upon me at a young age by coaches and stuff. So yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good story right <laughs> yeah that's great I mean we talk about this a lot on behind the Braves just that you know athletics teaches you perseverance and and the ability to be flexible so you think in your job I mean my gosh if if we all need flexibility it would be nowadays and yeah. and as, as hard as you guys work and doing the broadcast every single night I mean, Ricky and I have done one, and we're we're like looking for uh, replacements already. <laughs> so, no, we. You, 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 feel <laughs> you were like, oh man, I got to get back into game shape. Didn't you feel that way? I did. I was like, oh man, and of course, as a as a girl, you guys will love this one. Um, I also was like, wow, I got to get back into heel shape. I hadn't worn heels <laughs> in like four months. Oh my gosh, athletic shoes. So to right. that end, I, I, Kelly, I'll, in full disclosure, so I was talking a couple hours ago with a colleague, longtime friend of mine, and now a colleague who I work with on the MLB side, uh, Travis Miller, who is, so does social media for the Cubs, uh, which he and Nicole and Emma said to say hi, by the way. I was going to uh, say, of course, yeah. so that's so great. Yes, that's a long hello. Yeah. So, and I said, so do you have any uh, insight or any questions you think I should ask Kelly? And he goes, yeah, ask her if it's an easier trip to the press box at Truist Park in heels than it was at Wrigley Field. And that was his, his <laughs> first question. So um, kudos to, to Travis for that. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. And he would always give me a hard time too. Although I thought I stuck it back to him pretty well because in my head I was like, you're more out of breath than I am. And I just did that in heels. So I don't I wait hear for him it. to hear that. It's okay. much easier. I'm not going to lie. Truist Park is just beautiful. Of course, but everything's brand new and there's elevators all over the park, which <laughs> Wrigley's got one of, I think they've got two now, but it, for a long, long time, they had the one and it was so slow and everything else. I mean, that's just, that's what you get in, in parks that are over a hundred years old and that's okay. It's got so much character. You love being there, but yeah, as far as um, efficiently getting places, doing what we do, it w wasn't the best for that, but I definitely got my workouts in when I was there every night. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta watch your head there. I, I'm, I remember several times banging my head in the dugout because going down there too fast and uh, you got to look for those little spaces and at uh, Wrigley too as well. 
you weren't the only one. I watched all <laughs> kinds of guys do that. And even like, you know, whomever was going to come out and sing the anthem or throw out the first pitch, like if they didn't know that was there, it, it yeah, it got quite a few people. And luckily they just, you know, with the latest renovations two years ago, they changed that. So you shouldn't have a problem now if you go back down there. You guys may not remember this, but back in the old, um, the old Tiger Stadium, they still had the underground bullpens where you actually had a little place that you would walk down in the ground to sit. Oh, wow. And then you'd come out, and uh, old Tiger Stadium, it was crazy. But, um, yeah, we, we didn't go down in there because, you know, but it was just for, it was so old that that's the way they did it because they were, it was in the field of play. But it was kind of weird. It was like there's a bunker. I was going to say, I never got to see that, but I know for, it was only five years ago or so, six years ago when I started with the Cubs, they still had the bullpens that were outside yeah. of first and third. And boy, I mean, you talk about a lefty in the box, fouls one off. I mean, oh. you better keep your Freezing head cold. We had multiple opening days there in April. And I, one year I was only, and I probably told the star, I was the only rookie on the team and I'm sitting out and they made me sit in the bullpen the whole game. <gasps> and freezing is 32 degrees, windy. Oh yeah. An opening day, I'm sure coming right off the lake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fans are right breathing behind your neck. <laughs> it was something else there. And it was San Francisco, I think, where the two I remembered still being yeah. at least National League parks that had them. Right. Um, in the in so, so tell me about this beer money show that you hosted. What was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Coors Light was a big sponsor. Um, they, they would ask the network to come up with different ways, different show ideas, and then, you know, use them as a sponsor. And all that was was really just a trivia show uh, that we went around to local bars in the Chicago area. I mean, what's great, the concept is so simple. This could work in any market. It is really pretty easy to produce. In, in terms of just, I mean, all you need are some questions and energetic, like, fans that are out there that, that want to give it a shot. And then you can really, you just go into local, which the local bars and establishments, I mean, granted, right now it would be a little bit hard to do, but um, they love it. They love the publicity as well. But we would just go in there and um, we'd have our questions already and we would ask them any team, any Chicago team. So like any Atlanta team, you feel like you know the most about, you know, let's, let's roll and ask them three questions. And they, if they'd get $10, $20 and then $50 for the final question and they walk away with a little bit of cash, they knew their things. Um, and for me, I'll be honest, that show at first, I wasn't, wasn't really sure what to make of it when they asked me to do it. Cause I thought, Oh, this could get dicey. <laughs> Who knows where this could go? And fortunately, I had a tremendous co-host, and he'd been doing the show for a little bit. I was like, no, this will be a lot of fun. Come on. Um, and so what I ended up just absolutely loving about it was that it gave me a platform to really show off my personality and do a lot of different things because it's a lot more of just a relaxed conversational. I mean, you know, you're not trying to fit anything in in 30 seconds and try to skew off a lot of facts about something, which is sometimes what it feels like during the game. And this is more just having a good time with somebody. And I really love getting to meet fans and getting just to meet new people and hear their story. And, and I love it when they're put on the spot and they're, they know, they know something and you're trying to help them along with clues. And, and, um, it just, it ended up being a lot of fun to do. So it's too funny that you asked me about that. Yeah. We, we had a good time with that show. 
Yeah, that was definitely in your bio. That that one stood out to me. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that is too funny. And I will tell you this. Actually, I should have brought this up. So, um, you know, in in the Chicago area, the games were split on three different networks. Unlike down here, where everybody knows where to go to see the game. So, I think um, from the perspective of who could see what, sometimes. What's funny is that Beer Money show, so many people saw it for whatever reason, I think because they threw it up during rain delays mainly, um, that I, no joke, would be maybe recognized at the field or something time to time, and they'd be like, hey, you're the beer lady, right? (laughs) (laughs) Question. Gosh, my mom would be so proud. I'm the beer lady. Yeah, yep, I got what they were talking about. And and because they had it up during rain delays, the players would see it in the clubhouse and it was maybe oh two years in that Anthony Rizzo comes over after one game and is like, Hey, I wanna play that beer money game. I wanna play it, but you gotta give me questions I'm gonna know because I don't wanna look silly, you know? And I was like okay, get one of your teammates and let's make this happen. That, that teammate can be your lifeline, you know, but it, you'll be the guy answering the question. So he picks David Ross and I'm telling you, it was one of the most hysterical episodes I've ever done. At one point, no joke, Rizzo's twerking in the dugout because of that <laughs> question, right, that he was so proud of. But I think it would be so fun to do something like that down here too. I mean, just, you, if you've got the right athletes and the right, you know, crowd, that that show just can be, it can be so much fun. So yeah, entertaining. We, we may have to work on that. Yeah, please, please do. <laughs> just what I mean, more work in the off season, right? Yeah, there you go. Get to that point. <laughs> I drink beer in the off season anyway, so if there's some way to put and I love trivia, so if we can incorporate just money, game shows, whatever, I'm all in. That's all, all, all elements. So right? Like. All we need is a beer sponsor, and I'm sure you know. With again, Frenchie pushing out his new line of beer or whatever it is that he's got going on, I'm sure he's got the connections for us. I bet we can make this happen. Yeah, or like one of the places near me, it's tacos, tequila, and trivia. I mean, the three T's, so. I like know. it. Yes. I never know. <laughs> I love that. No, <laughs> the, all the different things I've gotten to do throughout my career, I, I just um, I just feel grateful for the journey that I've been on, honestly. You've worked in, I mean, getting to work at Wrigley every day, such a historical place, um, and reading a little bit in your bio, I think you covered the Indy 500. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah. And so just – personal background me which regular listeners of behind the braves know this because uh, i talk i talk about it probably too much but uh i grew up in the nascar world my dad was a, a race car driver back in the day and the biggest moment of his career happened at indianapolis motor speedway it was the first year the inaugural brickyard 400 first time nascar had come to the brickyard in 1994 and he won the pole and for a brief two days there he was on top of the sports world and that was just that that to me is a what was i 12 11 12 11 years old it was amazing before he even did that just walking on the grounds there and walking through gasoline alley and seeing this place that i'd seen on tv my whole life but seeing it with my eyes for the first time it's like walking into a wrigley or or fenway or something like that it's just words don't do it justice tv doesn't do it justice to see it is, is pretty amazing so i was just curious what what is that like i mean just you've you covered a little bit of everything, but I mean, Indianapolis, I mean, what, what is that like working at the, the Speedway? Yeah, they, they call it the greatest spectacle in racing for a reason, don't they? I mean, the 500, but yeah, that was another thing growing up in Indianapolis. 
in the indie area when you ask sort of about um, just the sports that that stood with me and what, and what um, prompted maybe going this direction with my career. Um, without a doubt, the racing and, and I'm with you, like I'm, I'm a big NASCAR fan, but I also enjoy watching IRL just because of the 500. I kind of got into that. I think truthfully, what I enjoyed maybe more than anything with that sport is just the drivers and the personalities that you get. And it's, it's so different from, from other sports, just because of, of how, um, I guess, accessible in a way they are. And I think that that makes it fascinating. And I, you know, throughout covering that a number of years, got to know certain drivers really well. A few who were from the Indiana area and grew up there, Tony Stewart, you know, um, it, it I think of Jeff Gordon. He was he was really big during the time where I was kind of watching and, and covering it. And so they played up, I think, to the indie market when they were there because I was home for them. Um, and and I think people really got behind it. And so it was just fun. It was just exciting. And and one more thing that I got to kind of add to the list of, of yeah, different unique dynamic events that I got to cover. Um, and just like I said, growing up, I mean, my parents put me in everything. And I think you can find different things to appreciate in literally everything, um, every sport. And, and that was kind of what racing was as well. I always joked, even horseback riding, my parents put me in that for a while. Um, I think after falling off five or six times in the winter, I was done with that one. Sort of like the ice skating. Once you fall in so many times, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Where's the sport that I get more pads, right? Or like, or no contact. That that would work too. Um, and uh, I just, um, I, I thought for the longest, it would be so cool to be that reporter for the Kentucky Derby that gets to ride up on the horse and interview the winner of the race, you know? And I, and I remember throwing on my resume when I was with the NBC family, hey, if you guys ever need someone to step in or anyone to go down there, and Eddie Olchek's a big, um, big uh, horse racing guy. He's obviously former Blackhawks and just, you know, tremendous human being. And uh, yeah, I remember pushing that to Eddie, like, Eddie, if, if you know of anybody, like, I'd love, love to do an interview on a horse one day. I just think mm. that would be so great. You know, there's, there's things like that, that I think every reporter, some really want to one day get to the Olympics, right? Cover the Olympics in some capacity. Um, for me, yeah, I think, I think for whatever reason, the Kentucky Derby was one of those because I did get to do the 500. I got to cover a national championship when I was in Oklahoma with the Sooners. So I think, you know, that's covered the Super Bowl with the Colts. So I've, again, been so fortunate with the Thunder. They went to the NBA Finals the second year I was with them. That was the year that Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden were all still on the same team. Um, those were some unique, uh, fun years. Uh, they just were outmatched when they got to the finals there with the, the heat, but, um, yeah. And then the, the Cubs in 2006 covering the world series. So that's what, that to me, what it's always been about is, is when you get to not only know these players and, and share their stories on a human level and then watch the work that they've put in pay off at that level. And you get to take that story home to the fans that have for so long, just been dying for that kind of, you know, uh, tale. And I had no idea, even though I grew up in Indianapolis, like I said, it's mainly a basketball state. Um, my dad took us up to Wrigley a few times when we were younger, but also Cincinnati. I wasn't really a fan of either team. Um, 
I, I just grew up watching a little bit of baseball, but until I got up there and went through that 2016 season, I don't think I understood the magnitude of what it meant to so many people in that city. And the ones telling me the stories about going to grave sites of grandpas or a dad who got them, you know, into baseball. And that's why they're such a rabid, you know, fan of this team or that team. And, um, that's really what made that season so special, truthfully, was the was what that championship meant to that city and that fan base. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we experienced that here in Atlanta back in, in the 90s. It's been a little bit of a, a drought, but we we feel like that things are turning around for us. We see just what Alex Anthopoulos has been doing. Oh, sorry. We've seen what Alex has been doing. We've seen just the talent that's come into this organization so from your perspective, now that you've had a few months to study the team and, and, you know, preparing yourself for it, how do you think this format and how do you think this team is set um, for the next, you know, for this season as well as, you know, Rick and I have to talk about even for the next two or three years where we're set for a pretty interesting run? What, what is your take on that? I mean, just to piggyback on everything you said, I think Alex has done an incredible job and I've gotten to now sit down with him maybe once or twice and do interviews. And I'm, I'm always, and again, I I think I've covered a couple organizations that had really good GMs or GMs with really good reputations like a Theo Epstein and a Jed Hoyer. And you just start to learn over time being around those guys, watching how they work, listening to how they talk about things like when they really have their acts together, you know, this is what the package looks like. And I can remember, and I'd heard the reputation already about Alex. And then I get down here and in front of a camera with him. And I, I can remember walking away and being like, this, this guy's got, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. Fans have got to love what he has done up to this point. And even just most recently, what we're seeing with Yasiel Puig right now. I mean, I think this is a move that helps them get better this year, no matter what. The second Nick Markakis was out the door, um, I shouldn't say it that way, obviously. He made the very difficult decision, I'm sure, to walk away this season for health reasons. Um, but the second Alex then looked at a roster that wasn't going to include a guy like that, he goes out and finds a bat that can, you know, sort of fill that hole a little bit. And I understand when fans have reservations about some other things, but really for 60 games and given the way the clubhouse dynamic isn't quite the same, I think you, uh, I, I think you get better even with this guy and Hey, he's got something to prove to this year. Um, just like Ozuna, um, let him come in and play their best for 60 games and help this team to what is hopefully, you know, a championship here. But to what you were saying, I, I love it. I love this roster. Uh, I think between Kuna and Albies and just, they have so much fun. Like I think at Kuna Jr. When I, when I think of him, I, I think a lot about like a guy like Javi Baez and there's just something about watching guys who play like that, that you get such a kick out of the joy that they have stepping on the field. And he's going to be one of the most exciting base, baseball players for years to come. They're so young. And then also I just knowing what it took for the Cubs to get to that level and having watched other teams that have gotten to that, you know, top of the mountain, it takes a great pitching staff, right? Every aspect of it. You you can't just look at, Oh, Hey, we got a great starting five. No, no, no. You got to have a great starting five and you got to go six, seven deep with your relievers and then have, I don't care one or two bona fide closers. 
And Atlanta has all of that. I mean, the Braves have literally done all of that. Um, talking to Mike Soroka has blown me away. Um, the kid is so far beyond his years upstairs. Um, and I loved seeing the feature that Fox Sports South recently threw out there of him on the ice um, with Glavin. Did you guys see any of that? I mean, the way he talks about baseball and how he even like kind of compared it to his days playing hockey and being goal. Um, you just get the sense that he sees things differently. When he misses a pitch, he, he's already thinking about the adjustment. Not, not that he missed the pitch, but here's how I'm going to adjust now moving forward. And guys at that age usually can't get past, you know, walking a guy. And then, you know, the, and then it unravels from there for another two or three batters. And then they finally, you know, pitching coach comes out. And, and I don't see that with, with Soroka. I really don't. And then I think um, between he and then I think Freed, too, and you add Cole Hamels, which was a guy I obviously covered with the Cubs. I love what he brings. I hate, <laughs> I hate to call him a glorified coach, but if he can just instill some of the things – I mean, he's made a career off the change. I mean, I think you – I, I, th I think that the benefits of what he could bring to this club, even if he doesn't throw a pitch this season, which I hope isn't the case, but I, I think he's going to be instrumental in the growth of some of these young guys that are already here. And then I, I love what Alex has done, sort of beefing up the bullpen and, and the guys he has for the late inning. So uh, I, that's a long-winded answer to basically say, I could not be more thrilled to be here at this time, watching this group take what I think will be the next step. And uh, with a chip on their shoulder too, um, <laughs> it, they're dangerous. There's no team that wants to go up against the Braves out there, none. Um, and I've fortunately gotten across paths with Freddie Freeman at a few all-star games and stuff like that. And anytime you've got a clubhouse leader who um, has the resume and characteristics of Freddie, I just think, it, yeah, you're set. You really are. This team's set. They just now, they got to go out there and take, like I said, that next level. And really there's nothing besides experience that does that. So, and it, Another thing to add with the Puig, he's been there. He's a guy that's been on that World Series stage before. So you add some swagger like that to the field. That's not to say that these guys don't have enough of that. But when you get to the playoffs, there's a different, you know, you guys know, there's just a different feel. And to have guys in the clubhouse who've been there before, um, kind of telling the other guys, like, we're good. We've done this all year. No different. You kind of need those guys out there as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I love that, and I, I was I was assuming we, that's what we would probably hear. Kind of your take on this, and I, I loved hearing it just because I know you were you were there to witness those those Cubs teams with all those personalities take that next step. And I think that's one of the many great things you're going to bring to the Fox Sports South broadcast this year is that you've 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 been through this, so you've seen that transition, that that evolution of a team into a championship caliber team, and. Uh, I think we're all going to be that much better for it uh, with you on our broadcast this year. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, actually. And I hadn't thought about this until you just said it, but every team I've been on that's eventually gone on to be in, like, the championship, whether it was with the Thunder or the, the Cubs, they were young when I got there. They were all babies in a way. I mean, um, Harden, Westbrook, and, and Durant were not even, you know, 20, 21-year-olds at the time. And then, you know, you got guys that age on the Braves here. And the Cubs were the same way. I mean, outside of Anthony Rizzo, everyone else they brought in were 
were babies. I mean, and well, and I'm saying like brought on up through, through the organization. So, you know, you look at the Chris Bryant's and Javi Baez's, and then what they went and did is they went and found John Lester, right? And they went and got Joe Madden. They bring in two guys. You've already got the manager in place to get this done, but I don't know that Cole Hamels can really be your John Lester, but he can be that mentally. I don't know physically, because I mean, there are different points in their career, really, if you think about it. Um, But you still go, because he's not going to be your ace, clearly. But he would be great as as your fourth, fifth starter, um, contributing every day and being in the ear of all these other guys, which sometimes is all it takes. I mean, it took basically watching Ross and Lester come in and change the entire culture. Like, no longer are we going to go out and do things like this. We're going to do them like that. And I think Cole can be that guy in a way. And I don't know that you need it. Uh, as much as I've seen these young guys and how um, I loved hearing, for instance, like Ron Washington talk about it the other day, like why the decision for him um, straightforward to to be out there despite being at high risk for COVID. And he was like, you know, our guys, our guys get it. Uh, they're, they're respectful and they go about their work the right way every day. And so when you've got those guys already, you don't always need the veteran who comes in and sort of puts guys in place, even though I think you've got a few who could do that if they needed to. Sure. Well, it's, it's definitely something that can only help. So anytime, and we've had some presence of veterans and I played on some pretty, pretty good teams and you always had those key guys that they contributed um, physically, but then mentally they really contributed. And you have to have that. And, of course, you know, you can't win without talent. But and then you have to have, you know, you got to be lucky enough to, to stay healthy. So hopefully that happens for the Braves this year. We're, we couldn't be more excited about you being a part of this team. This is first-class organization. Um, Rick and I talked about this on the broadcast last night. Um, I've been around here a long time, all through different aspects of the organization, uh, we know how to win, but uh, but sometimes you just got to keep fitting the right pieces together. Yep. And I and I've seen that over the last three or four years. And and you know with this format, you just got to come out of the gate. You got to come out of the shoot ready to play. And and uh, and I think we'll do that. So it should be an exciting year. We can't wait to see you. Hopefully, you'll get some. Uh, are you going to be able to get on the field, or are you having to do this from a different place in the stadium yet? Yeah, you know, right now it's sort of that that lower level and doing a lot of the Zoom calls. I'm not sure. I think that's a an ongoing conversation as as are most of how we're dealing with everyday conversations right now, right? So um, yeah. I, I hope to be at some point, um, but I think right now the kind of that lower level, which is we okay. as we were talking about before the call. I mean, you can hear everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll stay drier. Yeah, drier, maybe a little cooler, <laughs> so I hear, you know, like if the That's sun right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the positive. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. It was a blast talking with you and getting to know you, and, and we look forward to hearing more, more, more of your call and all the things that you're going to be doing throughout the games and, and throughout the season. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. I know as I continue to get acclimated here, this means so much to be on with you too, just so I know your fan base and, and everyone who listens. And I I hope that they feel like they got to know me a little bit more. And, and I'm certainly looking forward to getting to know everyone down here and just um, beyond excited to be part of this team. So hopefully some of the, I've, I've joked, hopefully some of the mojo, the championship mojo that I've had luck with in a couple sure. cities you know, maybe I, maybe I can bring some of that down here with me. And, and hey, you, you might be the missing link. That's right. Oh, right. 
That's what we'll claim. That's what we'll claim later. Uh, I would love to see these guys bring a championship to Atlanta. They're they're such a fun group and, and very deserving. Yeah, me too. Hey, that makes three of us. So <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, guys. All right. You have a good one. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Behind the Braves.